After all, there is nothing real outside our perception of reality, is there? Pas te dire ce que tu peux faire pour moi. Tu vas voir, c'est pas compliqué. Tu me parles pas. Tu me poses pas de questions. If you wish to avoid prosecution, I would advise that you comply with our language laws. This is the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to the RCMP. That's the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. I'm your host today, Becky Shrimpton, and with me, I have documentarian Michael McNamara and dietitian Chelsea Cross here to talk about the latest short-form documentary from The Nature of Things called Pass the Salt. It's available to stream right now on CBC Gem. So what are you waiting for? It's free, along with a whole bunch of other fantastic content. Go check it out right now. Why should you check it out? Because it's a lot of fun. I thought we'd start out 2020 with a PSA and some conscientious thoughts about your health. Pass the Salt deals with the controversial seasoning in a way that is fun, interesting, kind of clever, and very enlightening, even though the actual research behind salt is a little bit murky. Michael is the writer and director of the film, and Chelsea Cross is a dietitian who appears in the film as an expert. She's a freaking delight. I can't wait to get to her. So without further ado, let's get to the interview with Michael telling us a little bit about what the film is about. When uh, there was a report that suggested that salt was kind of put in the same category as that other white substance, sugar uh, and fat, for quite some time now, Government agencies have been trying to get us all to cut back on the amount of salt that we have in our diets uh, for uh, health reasons. There's no argument that you know you shouldn't be be smoking and or or uh, or, or drinking to excess, but there continues to be a kind of an ongoing battle uh, about just how much salt we need in our diets and how much we should really be cutting back on it. And uh, you know, when it comes to salt, uh, great minds don't think alike. Now, in terms of a film like this, discussing salt from a number of different angles, mostly from health area, but also how scientists are sort of approaching it now and how, as you said, there's so many differing opinions, what kind of assumptions do you go in with? And then what do you learn along the way, Michael? I kind of went in uh, skeptical. I think the first time I ever heard about any of this kind of thing was back in the 80s when I went to visit my parents and and the salt was missing from the, uh, from the kitchen table and it was replaced with something called Mrs. Dash. And I thought, what's this? And uh, apparently their doctor had told them they needed to cut back. And I had never heard anything about that at all. And, of course, you know, in the, the passing years, it's uh, unavoidable. And you see low salt on packages in the grocery store and so on. And it's always been something I've kind of wondered about because, well, you know, it, salt is just probably the most important uh, ingredient in the kitchen. Uh, it enhances flavor. It does all kinds of other things. So I... I wanted to talk to professionals who are working with salt to find out are they feeling pressured uh, to uh, to cut back on the salt that they're using in their in the kitchen, for instance. Um, and I wanted to talk to health professionals who are not a hundred percent on board with the Canadian Heart Association or the World Health Organization. And um, and there there has been some skepticism not only among uh, the untrained uh, amateurs but among uh, scientists and so on. So we went looking all over the place, including uh, uh, right right here in Canada. For uh, we spoke with uh, Dr. Peter Lin, who is a, a general practitioner, but also a, a sort of public health advocate. And, and we also looked 
uh, to, for a dietitian, which is why we contracted uh, Chelsea Cross, who uh, who's, uh, is joining us today as well. Now, this is a perfect time to talk to Chelsea. Hey, Chelsea, <laughs> welcome back. So you are obviously a registered dietitian. And the big difference, I'm sure some people don't know that the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist is that you have a bachelor's degree as well as you are registered. So anyone can kind of use the name nutritionist, but a dietitian has to go through a series of practices. Can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about exactly what you do and uh, what your research into salt has been? Basically, as you mentioned, uh, as a dietitian, I've gone through a lot of schooling. Um, and the, the biggest things that I tend to do with my clients is trying to see what their goals are, what changes they want to make. Typically, I'll have people who come in either from hospital or they come in after they've done blood work or even just lifestyle clients. They'll come in and they have a certain goal in mind, whether it's weight loss or health management or just, I don't know what to eat, so I need you to tell me. Um, So we kind of take those goals and we work together as a team for me to educate them and then we create a lifestyle for them and kind of, you know, create those healthy habits that are are really important for a maintenance of a lifestyle rather than going for that kind of, I'm on a diet type of mentality because those don't tend to stick. Um, So my biggest thing is trying to fit their goals and their lifestyle and also obviously their health and kind of enmesh that all together in the best way that we can. Um, to create something that is consistently, you know, good for them. Let me ask you about your approach to salt. How much do Mm -hmm. you pay attention to it? And uh, especially with the mass media being so full of new things like, yeah, we can eat all the chocolate we want now. Now red Mm -hmm. wine is the best thing ever. Oh, wait, we were wrong about the red wine. Stop drinking immediately. Um, As a a dietitian, (laughs) what do you think your responsibility is to pay attention to that and and be able to suss out what's in the media and what's in the trade papers? Uh, Obviously, as a dietitian, the, the important part is being up to date with that research perspective. However, knowing that every client is different is a really, really integral part of what I do. So, you know, while some people, yes, you do need to be mindful of your salt. Um, you know, there's other people who necessarily, if they follow some of those new guidelines, potentially wouldn't be getting enough. So, you know, when I say mindful, it's more of we, we live on convenience foods these days. And so salt and sodium essentially are going to be much higher than what they used to be. And Unfortunately, that has turned around to salt becoming this demon food and or this demon substance. And what I like to kind of approach my clients with is that if we did practice more of those in-house feeding behaviors, not necessarily as much eating out, then salt shouldn't be something we're afraid of. And it is essentially essential for us. And then also the big part of my practice as well is working with people like athletes or Um, A couple of clients are, you know, in the gym constantly and those populations have to make sure that they actually get enough salt because when they follow some of the the thoughts around society and, you know, lower your salt, no salt and all of that thing, when they cook all of their foods, they're not getting some of that sodium that the typical population may be getting from convenience foods and they'll end up with nothing. Um, or just very, very trace amounts. And that can definitely in, impact their performance negatively and just have them feeling bogged down and tired and all of those things. So when you were, were preparing for this documentary to be one of the experts, were there any surprises for you in your research? Not necessarily surprises, I guess, uh, because I have, I've seen a lot of clients come in with a lot of the things that I will get from the society. So you get a lot of people reading documentaries and a lot of people coming in with saying, well, my doctor told me this or this person told me that. And Um, For me, it's more about trying to put together an approach. And then when we were talking, when I was speaking with Michael, it was 
unfortunately, it's a everyone is different. And I know that a lot of people don't like that phrase because it doesn't give them a concrete way to think. But everyone is very different. So you have to tailor your approach and tailor what you say essentially to that person who is standing in front of you. Now, obviously, Michael, Chelsea knows what she's talking about, which is why you went with her. But uh, (laughs) how did you go about uh, sourcing the rest of your experts? It's a pretty multifaceted documentary, and you have a lot of really great perspectives in here. Well, it really is. And, and, you know, when you think about salt, you think about it as being sort of a simple substance. It's an an elemental substance. It's the only rock that we put in our mouths and chew. And and the question becomes, why? why? Why are we attracted to it? Why do we we seek it out? And so uh, we we went looking in a number of different directions, obviously. Uh, I think one of the things that triggered this was that there had been a study done um, in, in Moscow uh, in uh, the mid-2000s uh, 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 that uh, uh, had a group of Russian cosmonauts who were put in a simulated uh, flight to Mars. And so they were isolated um, from the rest of the population for a little over a year. And uh, so there were some nutritionists and scientists who saw this as a great opportunity to essentially have human lab rats who they could keep an eye on um, because dietary studies are, um, and I'm sure Chelsea will, will, will agree with me on this, they're, they're really hard to do because mm-hmm. you, you, all you're relying on is uh, you know, people filling out a, a, a daily questionnaire. And let's face it, we'll, we'll all cheat about how much we ate or, <laughs> or drank. Uh, um, and so, um, in this case, they were able to monitor everything that went in and everything that came out. And um, they were shocked and surprised at the way salt was behaving in the body. It was not behaving the way they we've always thought it was. And almost all of this, all of these um, uh, recommendations that have been coming from um, the health organizations are all based on on shaky science. We had to find out kind of what what the sort of tease out what the real science is. There's been a sort of an ongoing, I think the recommendation uh, is somewhere around 1,500 milligrams of, of, of salt, which is less than a half a, te- a teaspoon, which is not very much. The average Canadian uh, eats somewhere between three and five grams. Uh, so that's about two or three times as much as the, as the recommended uh, daily maximum. Um, and um, we, we've spoke with a number of different doctors who all came at this from different perspectives. None of them really are in agreement. Um, we found uh, Dr. Clyde Yancey, who's a, a cardiologist, and he was actually the former president of the American Heart Association. And last year, he went looking uh, at uh, uh, sodium research uh, to see if there were actually benefits from reducing uh, sodium in the diet, and he couldn't find any evidence. Um, and he wrote a, uh, an article about it that pretty much shocked the medical community. Uh, and uh, then we uh, spoke with uh, uh, Dr. Matthew Bailey, who's in uh, Edinburgh. He's a kidney specialist, and um, he has been doing really good research. He, he's, he's very much on the side of, uh, of caution when it comes to sodium and cutting back. Um, the amount of sodium that's in the, in the British diet is fairly high, uh, and uh, so uh, he suggests that there should be a, a, uh, a daily requirement that's, that's, that's modest. Uh, but then we went down the road to, uh, to to Hamilton to speak with Dr. Uh, Andrew Mente, who's with the PHRI, the Public Health Research Institute. And they do these massive studies, international studies. And they followed uh, almost 100,000 people over a period of about eight years to see what was going on in their diets and whether or not there was a link between salt and, and, and heart health. And they really couldn't find anything, except when 
consumption went over about five grams, which is the high end of what we, we eat in Canada. And so in places like China, they found that uh, that could uh, trigger uh, problems. And so it seems to be there's, there's, there's a sweet spot uh, somewhere between three and five grams of, of, of salt a day. You know, when you're doing a film about something that's going, going on inside the body, it's really kind of difficult to make a movie about, about it to write an article about it or do a radio show, but it's, it's, you really need to be able to see stuff. So we, uh, we found a lot of different interesting ways of sort of creating analogs to kind of explain the, uh, the science behind, uh, behind this. One of the interesting things we found, in fact, uh, not everybody is salt sensitive. One in four people uh, will have uh, uh, increased blood pressure, high blood pressure, and other potential problems uh, when they eat salt. But for the rest of us, uh, the other the other three, um, there's really no solid evidence that they're going to have any issues or problems. You know, I, I, I suppose it's an easy way to find out whether or not you're, uh, you're one of those. You're, you're the one in four, uh, and that's monitoring your, your your blood pressure. You're addressing a lot of the the topics of like there may be a genetic predisposition to things. Possibly, mm-hmm. it's, uh, the, it's a lot of the data seems to be skewed. We don't have definitive answers, even though there doesn't seem to be a major track that it is super harmful. Everything in moderation. But uh, something you don't address mm-hmm. is the idea of the the choice of the individual and what what the documentary is doing is really giving this great educational platform so that people can kind of make their own choices. But with so many different health scares and concepts and everything flying at people, there seems to be a very interesting backlash from the public. Uh, I remember when they tried to ban the like ultra mega big gulps in New York and people were like, if I want to do that to my body, it's my choice. Um, Do you guys have any any personal thoughts on what you think people should be doing and what sort of regulation there should be aside from just general government guidelines? Uh, Chelsea, this is for you too. Certainly. Salt is, is, is important in the kitchen for a reason. And it's it's, it enhances flavor. It enhances color. It tenderizes meat. It uh, uh, it uh, affects the texture of a dish. It's really important bre- in bread making. And let's face it, um, um, one of the great joys of being a human is being able to prepare interesting meals and, and eat them. Um, and uh, um, to 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 it's one thing to suggest that you know you should cut back you should cut back or eliminate tobacco in your uh, in your intake to render your your diet 100% bland and joyless <laughs> on on shaky science is just not a it's just not the a smart thing to do and 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 I think uh, Charles when you and I spoke the idea of of really sort of savoring and enjoying your meals and the meals that you have with other people and not demonizing food right Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, my biggest thing and, and kind of going back to your main question for what is the public to do with this and if they have their own freedom of choice, I think the biggest thing that this episode really showcases is that, you know, salt shouldn't be feared. And, and one of my, my biggest things that I always like to, you know, pre- not necessarily preach, I don't like that word, but um, kind of go with with my clients is, you know, that there's no real horrible like deathly substances and there's no horrible horrible foods it's more about again we need to relearn what moderation means um and you know my job is working with people to educate them on the fact that yes salt is important for your diet and yes and everything you can even have like an excessive amounts of like broccoli that that could make you feel unwell um, and, and yes, 100%, there's going to be populations that do need to be mindful of how much salt they're having. But I think the biggest takeaway from this 
um, episode is that, yes, there's a big part of salt within our food industry. There's a really big part of salt in our flavor and our enjoyment of food. And the psychology that comes with relaxing about these things and not fearing things is really, really important. And by that token, then people can make appropriate choices. And you know what? I'm going to have salt in my house because I'm cooking things from scratch. And I know it's important. and I know it's part of food, but I'm not going to douse my stuff in salt you know what I mean so kind of finding that that balance on less extreme which I tend to find is a big problem in our society is just oh well if we can't it's either you can't have any at all or we're having too much there's no kind of in between here so the big thing is debunking that fear and get rid, rid of that fear aspect of it so we can actually make a moderation choice one of the things that we discovered when we were re researching this is that it's really wrong to consider and think about salt as a mere condiment. And the, the, the fact is, is that it's it's sort of elemental to human existence. Mm -hmm. It's uh, we 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 evolved uh, from creatures that were sea dwelling, and so they were they were immersed in it. And and when we kind of climbed out of the sea to uh, get up on two feet, we continue to carry around a little bit of a, a private sea within each of us, and and we need to be able to sort of preserve it. Maintain that, and this is something I really didn't know too much about, is that uh, salt is an electrolyte. And um, what it does when it dissolves in blood is it, uh, it generates uh, electricity. And we rely on that electricity to, uh, and that power to power our brain and our, our muscles and just about everything in our bodies. I mean, it's one thing to have calories to, to, to drive these things, but you really do need to have this sort of kickstart. And we have like, basically what salt does is, it, is, is it's, like sort of millions, billions of tiny little batteries moving around in our systems and looking for places that need the power. And um, Chelsea alluded to this as well. Uh, if you need to kind of regulate and maintain a certain amount of sodium in your, in your bloodstream or the body just shuts down and uh, or, or, or perform. Performance uh, goes down if you're an athlete, for instance. Um, there have been stories about, uh, and we, we, we discovered this when we were researching, uh, uh, marathon runners who have collapsed and died on their way to the, to the, uh, uh, to the finish line because uh, they were replenishing the water that they had been losing, but they hadn't been rep replenishing the salt. Uh, so it's it's vital. Do you think that you have approached this documentary in a different way than your previous documentaries? I know you've done uh, things on cholesterol before. You've done things with adult ADHD, but you've also done one of my favorite documentaries, Catwalk, which is about cat shows. When you're approaching these health <laughs> documentaries, do you do them uh, in a different way with the research or is there a different approach to the storytelling or the narrative? How does that work? We look for ways to sort of surprise people. Uh, we, we want to take common wisdom, turn it on its head. Uh, we, we tried to do that with adult ADHD um, and, and uh, with our cholesterol film, and um, and certainly the uh, the salt film is 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 very much uh, in that in that category. We were looking for for new information that people might not have known before, and uh, looking for ways to kind of express these stories in a in a very visual way. One of the things we had to do was uh, the I, I wanted to find out more about this Russian cosmonaut story, and um, the the lead. Uh, uh, researcher on this was a German scientist named uh, Jens Martitza. And initially I thought, well, maybe this is just kind of a marginal aspect of the story. And I particularly felt that way when I found out that he was living in Singapore. And I thought, how are we going to go to Singapore? Well, in the end, we realized it was very much a vital part of the story. So we, in fact, did go to, to Singapore to see him and his team uh, as they continue to do research that's based on that Russian cosmonaut story. And they They've discovered really interesting stuff. Like when I was doing the research on this, um, one of the 
the things I read was that, oh, well, one of the reasons we need to have salt on a regular basis is because we, we don't store it the way we store fat, calories, and so on. When, in fact, they've discovered that we do store it. And uh, this is something that nobody knew before. Uh, and we store more and more of it as we age. But, and they can't quite figure out why. It's not being stored to be used the way salt is used when we eat it and expel it and so on. And it's, it's there for a completely different reason. And so they're doing really cool research there where they've taken MRIs and adapted them to, uh, to, to find the salt deposits in the body, doing really cool stuff. So, yeah, we were looking for interesting visuals. One of the other things we did actually was we filmed uh, in the Stratford Chef School, which is a uh, uh, an excellent uh, um, internationally recognized uh, two-year program where they train professional chefs. And they also do uh, five nights a week, they do dinners for the public where they it's a different menu every night and a different uh, different head chef every night and uh, it's four course meals really fine international cuisine and uh we wanted to see how much salt actually wound up going into the <laughs> into the meal because they say that only 10 percent of the salt that you have in your daily diet comes from from the salt shaker from the kitchen the rest comes from uh, uh industrially produced food uh and and restaurants and, and uh, uh, commercially uh, available products that that tend to rely on salt as a, a preservative or as uh, something to, to provide texture or color. Um, so we measured all the salt at the beginning of the, of the preparation of the, of the meal for 60 people, a sit-down dinner, and then we watched them as they used it for all kinds of different reasons. It wasn't just to modify flavor. It was for, well, for instance, uh, you, you want to increase the boiling point of, uh, of water when you're making pasta because if you don't add salt, the pasta will come out kind of soggy and soft. If you increase the temperature using salt, uh, it, you'll get that nice al dente pasta that, uh, that everybody likes. And then at the end, essentially what we did is we measured all the salt in the kitchen again to um, to find out just uh, on an average how much uh, went out of the door and wound up on the plates in the dining room. Um, and if you want to find that out, you have to watch the movie. And it's also beautifully shot. I can say it made me want to eat all the salty, fatty foods. I was <laughs> like, this is not fair, guys. It's not fair. <laughs> and on that note, we have to wrap up the episode. But uh, thank you so much for joining me, both of you. Chelsea, let's start with you. How do people find you and your work? Awesome. Um, and again, thank you for having me. So I am a dietitian and wealth. Um, so if anyone is interested, my practice is MC Dietetics, and my main headquarters is uh, Guelph in Ontario, uh, just near the university. How about yourself, Michael? How do people find you and your work? We have a YouTube channel, we have, uh, and it's MarkhamStreetFilms.com, or MarkhamStreet.com, I think. Uh, and uh, a number of our films are actually, uh, well, we've done a number of, as you, you mentioned, uh, nature things, and they have all of those online. And uh, you mentioned our uh, our our cat documentary. We did those for CBC uh, POV. Uh, we did another one for them called uh, Pugly, about uh, people who uh, love and raise uh, pug dogs. We're now currently working on a film about people who raise goats and show them at, at uh, county fairs. So um, we're kind of all over the map. Uh, uh, but uh, really doing these these kinds of stories about kind of everyday items like salt is 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 something that's really an interesting challenge and. And uh, we're, we're really excited to have the opportunity to do it. And uh, it'll be available on an ongoing basis, I think, on demand. That's right. Right on CBC Gem. And once again, if you don't have that app, there's something seriously wrong with you and you're a very bad Canadian. Just going to start with that. <laughs> again, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me, both of you. I really appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for listening to the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. If you like what we're doing, please remember to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcatcher. 
It helps people find our podcast and Canadian media they love. Come chat with us at RCM Pod on Facebook or on Twitter at RCM Pod. Our theme song is by Craig Stewart and our show art is by Paul Stachniak. Join us next week for another great film from the wilds of Canadian cinema.